2: Good morning, everyone. We are here for Coffee with Kim. Coffees, again, are conversations of friends of faith to encourage and equip. Spoiler alert, this is not Miss Kim. I'm a special guest today. Today will be Coffee with Casey. My name is Casey Gomes. I'm very, very happy to be with you here today as a guest host. And today I need your help because I'm going to attempt to do the impossible, and that is to fill Miss Kim's shoes for the next hour with some important conversations about faith and friendship now we can all do it together. Thank you so much for joining us today. Good morning, or if you're calling in or listening from somewhere else, good afternoon and good evening. Just a little bit about me and why I'm on the air here today. I've joined you a few other times with Miss Kim. I've been on her TV show and radio show a few times. And then probably what we, uh, she and I most have enjoyed is over the years I've partnered with her to start Confront and Conquer, which is a men's group and an extension of the Roses and Rainbows Ministry where we have started hosting men and men's groups over the years and really seen that grow and blossom. It's been a um, tremendous portion of my life and something I've enjoyed greatly. So with that, she asked me to fill in today and come on the air and talk a little bit more about that and build on those themes. And what we want to talk today about is why men need faith now more than ever. Due to the, due to the demands on our time, there has never been a more important time for us to build our relationship with God Our society tells us, particularly as men, that we should be strong and silent with our emotions, but I believe and we believe that God wants us to share them with him and with our loved ones. Today's show, we're going to expand that a little bit more, and we're going to provide some firsthand stories and perspective from other men who talk about this struggle and these challenges and tribulations, but also victories over the years. So I'm very, very fortunate to have three wonderful men joining me today in these conversations, I'm going to give them a brief intro, and then I'll welcome them on the line, and we can, we'll can we start our conversation. In no particular order, we have Danny Patton. He's a married father of three boys living in Detroit, Michigan. After working in the nonprofit sector, Danny surprised his family and friends by getting an MBA and ultimately working in a strategy and marketing role at Ford Motor, Motor Company. Danny is a lifelong Catholic, a constant tinkerer, and an avid outdoorsman. We also have Hannah L. Bianchi. Hannah L. is a professor of history, or should I say Dr. Hannah L. Bianchi, is a professor of history at Howard Community College in Maryland. He has a doctorate in modern British history from the Catholic University of America and a master's degree in German history from University of Connecticut. He is also a proud husband and father of two boys and two girls, ranging in ages from 3 to 11, and has a fertile soil blog that he does for the Catholic Review. Third and finally, not, not last but not least, we have David Consigli, Jr. He's a CPA and lead financial advisor at AAF CPAs, and he works to help his clients achieve business strategies that contribute to the continued success of their businesses and increase and preserve their net worth. David is a proud husband and father of four children, two boys and two girls, although I should say David at this point is probably proud father to four children, two men and two women, based on where they are in their ages and their lives. So welcome, gentlemen, great to have you here today, and really happy you could take some time to to join me and have these conversations in faith today. I wanted to actually kick it to Danny first. Danny, as we were, and we've known each other for a few years, and as we were prepping for the show, you shared a really cool story with me about um, a particular scripture that called out to you in relation to your professional journey as a man, and I wanted to give you an opportunity just to, to tell us a little bit more about that on the air today, because I think a lot of men will relate to it.
3: Yeah, thanks a lot. Um and uh thanks for, for having me here. I'm I'm glad to, to join the discussion. Um yeah, so for me, you know, it's interesting. I, I went to um I went to a Catholic university, I went to to Loyola, Chicago, and, and that's really where for me like my faith really kind of it became my own. Right. It was something that I, you know, inherited, but I kind of made it my own and, and, and really kind of came alive in it. So coming out of uh out of college, I was really motivated to kind of put that into practice, right? And so I, I went and I jumped into a number of great jobs throughout the nonprofit space, um, doing home repair uh, for low-income families uh, at a, a great organization called Nazareth Farm that uh, David also has a connection with, and in case you have a connection with, mm-hmm. um, you know it's a Catholic organization. From there, I went and worked for the Jesuit Volunteer Corps, uh, another great kind of very mission-oriented uh, organization. And then did some community organizing for a, a group in Detroit, working with um, you know working on different equity issues uh, in, in Detroit, and, and really loved all of it. Um, but for a number of different reasons, you know, I was feeling called um, to try and get some new skills and kind of pursue a different path. And, and I ended up, uh, as I said in my intro, going and getting an MBA, and it definitely surprised the heck out of a lot of my family and friends who you know just never would have seen that path for me. Um, but I was feeling called to it, and I went. I went to the University of Michigan, had a great experience, and ultimately um, uh, started a job at, at Ford Motor Company um, here in Detroit. And all of it, you know, seemed, you know, was a all the pieces were fitting together, right? Uh, good school, landed a great job, uh, you know, I've been successful there since. But I I realized that I was struggling even in grad school with this sudden realization that my my identity as a Catholic and as a, as a person who, you know, believed deeply in social justice and, and change was no longer, like, wrapped up in my, my job description, right? So the, what do you do, Danny? Oh, I work at this place. And suddenly I just got to embody this identity of someone who cares and someone who's committed to impact. And I didn't have that anymore, right? I'm like, I, I work, I'm a corporate suit, you know? I'm, I'm working at, a, you know, at a, a big company, right, doing a strategy job. And I struggled with that for a number of years. Um, And I was really moved um, by a a scripture passage. And actually it was the, um, if you're Catholic, it was one of the readings a couple of weeks ago, Um, but I'd heard it before. And it's it's the story when um, the brothers are fishing. So James and John, they're out and they're fishing. Um, And, you know, they ultimately see Jesus and they jump out of the boat um, and they swim and they join him. And what struck me about that was this notion that like, you know, they were doing, they were fishing, right? They were doing a very standard occupation of their time. And no one ever would say that it was wrong for them to be fishing, right? It was an honorable profession. It was something that was providing for their families. Um, And there was nothing wrong with them being fishermen until they looked out and they saw Jesus on the beach. And in that calling, they had the courage to get out of the boat, swim over and join him. Um, And it actually gave me this great comfort, or it said, you know what, like, it's okay that I'm fishing now, right? Because as I think and I pray, like, I don't feel God calling me to something else other than this, you know? So it's kind of like my, my metaphor is I look to the beach and Jesus isn't calling me to anything else. And so it's okay for me to just fish, um, you know, and provide for my family and, and that my identity doesn't have to be, my identity as a Catholic, as a believer, doesn't have to be wrapped up in my job um, and that's okay. So anytime I start to doubt or, or question, I, I often turn back to that story and that scripture, and it, and it gives me a lot of comfort.
2: Danny, I love that. Thank you. And I found what I found so intriguing about it is so many of us, I think it's our our jobs and our profession is incredibly important to us as men and and incredibly important to our development and sense of self-worth. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? Like having a profession that we enjoy is fantastic. I think you're unique and fortunate in that. Initially, your profession and your faith were linked, right? And um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think my profession and my faith have ever been linked. I've always had, I, I believe, a strong faith, but it's always been something that I did, you know, in addition to. But your story made me think, gosh, you know, have, have do I need to look for more opportunities to jump out of the boat and swim, swim to shore, you know, swim to Jesus? I think we all, we all think about that. Mm-hmm. You know, can we be linking it together more? You know, or or is this is this the way the way I'm meant to do it? You know, this is this is the you know, I'm, I'm working and enjoying a career that I like, and then what is that link back to faith, and how do I live that every day? You know, really struck me. Um, uh, David and 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 um, Hannah L, any thoughts or reactions based on what Danny was just saying?
1: This is uh, um, Hannah L, and just chime in just a little bit. It, my uh, life experience was a little bit different in that I was always involved in a lot of ministries. Um, so you know, in college, I was doing a lot of uh, different work and after college, involved in a lot of young adult ministries. Um, and I met my wife actually at a, um, a book study that we were doing weekly. And after we got married, we were still involved. It's funny, all the single people in the, this different religious group all got married. <laughs> and uh, the group ended up because everybody you know, that was single ended up getting married. And then I had um, kids. And there was a point where maybe about five or six years where we had a lot of young kids and I wasn't involved in any ministry. And I felt really guilty about that. Like, I should be doing something more. But I think there's different seasons of your life. You know, there's some times in your life where you have a lot of time and energy and you can provide a lot, do a lot of things, maybe have a job that's tied in in, in directly with your faith. But there's other times, like my ministry at that time, when I had a lot of little kids, was raising those little kids and, and helping my wife out. And I didn't have a lot of more time or energy. And only in the last couple of years, um, about – Four years ago, I got the kids got a little bit older, a little bit we got a little bit more practice at raising kids. It seemed like I had a life again for a couple of years. I was just you know changing diapers, staying late at night. Um, but I I saw and I was like, all right, this is a time where I probably, if you're using this metaphor, I'm in the boat, but I need to jump in and swim and go to the uh, to the shore to follow Jesus. Um, you started a, a men's group. And we started meeting twice a month and have been doing that for the last four or five years. I've got a lot involved with um the local sc- the local uh, catholic school and um and so there's a lot more more time that I have and so now I'm in a different season of my life where I've more established in my career. my kids are going to school I have a little bit more time that I can get more involved in these different ministries um and so you can see like all right and i and I, and I have a hard time you know maybe struggling with guilt, you know that should I have been doing more in those years when I wasn't? But then you've got to look at your life and say, hey, I was, my ministry was my kids at that time, I taking care of my family and my wife and my work. Um, but also always aware, I think, Casey, as you said, looking and saying, all right, scanning the landscape and saying, is this a time where I need to get more involved, um, have more opportunities? And if God has blessed me with, you know, um, this time and the, and the finances are good, then maybe I can utilize them to get more involved in different um activities,
2: yeah, I love that. And um, you just said something great that I wanted um, David to weigh in on the seasons of of our lives in terms of they go and, and David, respectfully, you're in a little bit different season than the, than the other three of us. You're a little further along. Your kids are you know are are adults at this point. and um, one of the questions I wanted to talk ask you about in kind of two a two pronged question is how have you worked God and faith into your into and, and your marriage and your and your and your and your children's lives, but then how have those seasons changed over the years for you? You know, now that now that they're getting older and and you can look back and see a little bit, you know, a little bit more distance maybe than than the three of us can.
0: Yeah, look, I mean, let's say I'm a little more seasoned than than both <laughs> of you. I <laughs> no, and and yeah, I mean, you know, I was gonna I was gonna comment on, on on Danny's story too because, you know, I I think we think that it's one or the other. And, it, you know, it doesn't have to be one or the other, you know. And, you know, my background is a, is a lot different. And this, this kind of translates into the question um, that you asked. That, you know, I grew up in a small town where my father was a police officer who had a tremendous amount of faith. But it, but he struggled going to going to church because he knew everybody's backstory, And, you know, he knew that the guy given communion was literally someone that he PC'd last night because he was, you know, driving – under the influence and wow. you know back then they used to just back then they just used to you know take you in and put you in a cell and then when you sober up go home and you know my kids are the ones that actually you know kind of strengthened my my faith um it, it, my kids and my wife my, first off my wife um, and you know we we sent them to catholic schools starting in junior high and you know what my experience growing up was you know exactly kind of the concept of this show you know I, we were all taught to keep our emotions in and you know if you talked about faith you were kind of um you know kind of one of those like holy roller guys that you know were trying to shove down something down someone's throat so you know we never really i grew up not not expressing that and it wasn't until my kids went to catholic school and i met people um you know i coached hockey at the catholic school that that my boys went to and you know guys that were like me that we would talk about hockey and before a game we'd say a hail mary and then queen of victory pray for us and then we'd go all right <laughs> let's go let's go kick their ass you know i mean it was it was kind of um you know it was it was something that i realized that there are people like me that have the same amount of faith the same amount of faith and we're willing to talk about it um and then you know when and the reason i sent our kids to catholic school was because i I, honestly i thought it'd be a better education um never did i imagine the impact of faith that it would have on them and how much they would come home and faith was just a part of their their normal day and and going to their school events and you know i was a public school kid so you know there was always controversy about you know talking about god you couldn't do it in school and now I'm going to, to their school, and it was just it was just part of their everyday life. You know, you talk about Nazareth Farm. I got involved at Nazareth Farm because of my daughter. You know, my mm-hmm. daughter went there, came back, and you know, we said, "How was it?" And she said, "It changed my life." I kind of chuckled, you know, said, "You're 16 years old; your life changes daily." <laughs> she asked me to go. She asked me to go there. I went, came back. My wife was like, "How was it?" I'm like. Uh, it changed my life, <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> and 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 it was, you know, she was right. It was just, um, and even even our boys, just, you know, how much how much it became just part of their lives, which made my faith grow even more, and just really be more comfortable about talking about it, more comfortable about, you know, um, and and especially with the boys because everything's a joke with the boys, you know, from, you know, given. Uh, Given out communion, and you know, the, you know, they'd call him Jesus, and you know, just joke around about it. But, but still, you could see that their faith was was part of their everyday life, and it wasn't really a big deal to them. Like that was the first generation where, in from my experience, that it, it, they were free to talk about faith, and it didn't, it wasn't something that you had to think about. They just didn't. yeah you know, and and that was, that was reassuring. And, you know, now that they're, now that they're adults, I mean, my my youngest is, is going to be 21 uh, in June. And, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. It's, you know, you, you go from like trying to take care of them and you learn so much from them that you never thought even growing up when they're, when they're younger.
2: Yeah, I love that. And, and that idea of that, when it's built, when faith is built into the foundation, it's just part of who we are and who they are, right? It's, it's not a separate thing. It's part of the identity altogether, which I really love, you know, and that when, when it's built in that way, the seasons don't matter because you're going to stand, you're going to stand the test of time and faith will be there through in and out. My, my mom said that to me when I was young. Um, and I've told this story to Miss Kim, she said, you know, your relationship with, with God is just like, in many ways, I mean, it's, it's a unique relationship, obviously, because your relationship with God is, is, is different than everything else in terms of what He does. But she said it is similar to other relationships in that you, you get out what you put in. And if you want a relationship with someone that's your friend, you can't just be friends or have that relationship when it's convenient. You know, you put the time in all the time because there's going to be a time when you need that faith and you need that foundation. And if you haven't built it, it's not going to be there, you know. So it's that idea of building it into who you are and what we do all the time. I can really relate to that, um, Hannah L. You and I had a good chuckle, and I wanted you to expand a little bit on this further. This whole, um, uh, and I'm tying it back to faith, which we will in a second. But you know, this this balance between the conversations we have in men's groups versus when we go out golfing with the boys, and how they can be different sometimes. And I wanted you, I wanted you to give you wanted to give you the floor to expand on that further because I thought it was very relatable and um, made me laugh when we discussed it.
1: Yeah, um, it is kind of funny, but, uh, you know, there's something with with guys and talking about faith, and um, we we kind of addressed this a little bit already, but, you know, there's this cultural milieu, I think, where kind of we think uh, uh, women are kind of religious and men aren't, or or women talk about their their emotions, and and men don't. Um, So it's very different experiences, I think, when, you know, men get together and women get together, and so... I I play disc golf um, a lot with a a group of uh, friends, and they're all Christian. And we'll go out. We'll go out for, like, two hours. Um, We'll talk the entire time. We'll have a fantastic time. And then I kind of come back um, after being out for, like, two hours with my friends, and my wife will be like, oh, hey, how's Mark or, you know, how's Pat doing? And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I forgot to ask. (laughs) 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 We talked the whole time. We talked about politics. We talked about football. We talked about, you know, our different shots and all that. But, you know, we didn't actually sit down and be like, you know, how's your marriage? And it almost sounds awkward saying that. Like, if you're the guy that, you know, in the middle, you know, you walk into the next, you know, tee box and, you know, somebody says, so how's your prayer life or something? Everybody would be like, oh my gosh, who's this Jesus kind of freak? You know, like, you know, we're all religious, you know, but we don't want to talk about it too much. And I've, you know, I've done this men's ministry for the last couple of years. And I don't know, it's been kind of the same experience too with Casey. It's kind of hard to get guys started because I'll, I'll have a barbecue or, you know, a poker night and, you know, the floodgates open, you know, got 50 guys. And then I'm like, hey, let's, you know, you know, talk about, um, you know, something spiritual or do a, a Bible study. And it's like, I really have to, I have to call people or text them and be like, you know, are you coming? Because, <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of crickets. There's only a couple guys, but it's funny. Once, once they do start opening up, I've had these um, crazy powerful experiences um, in these small groups mm-hmm. um, that we've had. And it's just amazing um, the transformation um, that I've seen and mm-hmm. how appreciative. And after we do have a good conversation, whether it's about a relationship with God or it's about our, our marriage or our family life, everybody's like, that was really good, you know? Mm-hmm. But it's, we're so reluctant. We're, we're fighting this, this cultural milieu, especially with older men, um, that you don't talk about this stuff um, out and open. And it's good to hear that maybe the younger generation, they're more open about it. Um, mm-hmm. That would be positive. That's something I'm trying to instill in my boys' Um, that it's okay to talk about things with me. But even I just almost, you know, there's a difference between boys and girls. I just see this with my, my sons and daughters. Like my daughters will definitely come up to me and talk about how they're feeling much more than my sons. And I have to kind of like pry it open with my, my sons. And so um, it's definitely uh, a trend and it's something that we need because it's, it's too difficult to be a good Christian today by yourself. You need your brothers. You need that fraternity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, this when, is
0: david um this is david talking uh, just an example of the younger generation being being more open about it like i see it in my boys you know our youngest son when he first went to catholic school and you know he's he's number four and he couldn't wait his turn you know and he goes and we, we're asking him like how is it and he loves it of course he's an unbelievable student and we're trying to get him involved and doing sports and um he's running cross country and you know, he comes back after the first week and he's like, you know, I've been praying a lot and just everything just seems to be going my way. Like you know, I was praying the other day that you know I had a cross country meet. He was kind of a little short, chubby kid and uh, he goes, I was praying that I didn't come in last and everything's going my way and also my daughter goes, Well Anthony, you did come in last
1: and he goes, Yeah I know
0: but it still it didn't matter <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, and I what I found interesting too about when Han and I had this conversation, and I, if Miss Kim's listening, I know she's probably shaking her head because we experience the exact same dynamic in our men's groups, right? It's and and Miss Kim, um, in her in her books and her curriculum, for those of you out there listening, I know many of you have experienced or read it firsthand, talks a lot about the brown paper bag, right? That the brown paper bag is this little nondescript thing that we hide our burdens and our challenges and our fears in and the 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 challenge or the I guess the, the, the main point of the brown paper bag is it looks very nondescript, right? It looks like everything else and it blends in, but what's inside it is often something incredibly powerful or sad or hurtful for us. And when we expanded on this theme for the confront and conquer curriculum for the men's groups, um, she and I had a laugh and, and she, she 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 let me run with this idea. I said, I feel like for men we have a brown paper bag and we have an armored suitcase. We, we take the brown paper bag and we put it in this very thick armored suitcase that looks like every other suitcase, so it still blends in. But it's got, you know, six locks and 15 layers of protection on it because we need our burdens to be stuck in there and hidden and, and very well protected. And what we found, to, to Hannah L's point in our groups, was the exact same thing, that when, when men felt that they were in a, in, a, in a comfortable place, when it was a place of trust, and someone was willing to hand them the key or allow them to use the key to open their suitcase. They unpacked that thing in about 12 seconds, right? I mean, it was everything was out on the table. It, we, the conversation flowed, and then the challenge wasn't opening up. The challenge was we would run out of time, and we'd have to come back next week for the next conversation. And so, what I'd like to say to that too, and I hope you know the, the men and women listening to the show today, if you're someone who feels like you're hiding that. <laughs> I, I, I think it's very um, common for that. It's very common for us as people, and particularly as men, to hide those burdens and to keep them tucked away, and really when we talk about strength as men and strength as fathers and strength as husbands, we believe that it, it, it's not necessarily from hiding it that where you get that from. The, the strength comes in sharing it with others and sharing it with people you trust, that that transaction, when it when it happens, is incredibly liberating and incredibly empowering, because those things are coming out, um, in, in some cases, for the first time ever for some people. And when we when we let those go and offer them to God and offer them to an audience of people that we trust, the the dynamic that it that, that it creates for us personally and for those around us is pretty incredible, you know. Um, and I don't know if you all have experienced that yourselves or Hannah El, if you've experienced that in some of your men's groups, but I I've seen it firsthand, and it, it's it's incredible when it when it, when it starts to happen.
3: Yeah, Casey. Okay, so this is Danny. I I got to story I'd love to to share that I think. Um just immediately came to mind when you were sharing that that image. Um, so a number of years ago, I helped um, start the Detroit chapter of a just a, a great organization. I'd encourage people to look it up, um, called the Ignatian Spirituality Project, and um, it's active in, a, in, a, in quite a few cities across the country. Um, and it's basically, it's a ministry that um, provides retreat experiences for men and women who um, are both in recovery from addiction and, you know, either are or, or have uh, experienced homelessness for an extended period of time. Um, and, you know, so we would go and, and we basically provide a retreat experience that's kind of rooted in a lot of, you know, Ignatian spirituality. And, um, but it's really about storytelling. It's about sharing, right? And, and uh, man, you want to talk about people who, who are like have the, the bag locked up, you know, tight when you get there, I mean these are guys that, you know, they'll they'll share, like once we start opening up and creating that space of trust, I mean they'll they'll tell you about like many of them have been incarcerated, right? Or many of them spend time in 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 shelters that are not always the, the, the nicest or the safest places and they'll say, Man, are you kidding me? Like vulnerability will get you killed
0: <laughs> You
3: know? Open yep. up mm-hmm. and up will get you killed. And and that's a kind of an extreme example, right? And I don't think that's what a lot of us experience, but for them, there's just this deep fear about showing weakness. And for them, right, like society had told them that being a person of faith meant weakness. Being someone who had fears meant weakness. Being someone who needed to reach out and ask for help meant weakness, right? And to say, you show weakness, like that's dangerous, you know, for them. But what we found is we, you know, we created a space where and it was, you know, amongst other men where they could share their experiences, share their stories. They could start opening up you know what we found time and time again is they would go back and you know they would see one another you know back at you know a drop in shelter or uh, or whatever and they would be able to reconnect and, and 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 have community with that other man that they they like you know my story I know yours like I can trust you like even in this environment where I don't always feel safe and I still might not open up to that other guy but I know I can open up to you like because we've had this shared intimacy um, and it was just so powerful. You know, you could see how, you know, just being willing to do that like started to reverberate throughout their life in terms of being able to trust, being able to, you know, share, being able to be more confident in who they are, ask for help, and everything else. And I think yeah, so that that metaphor really, really reminded me of those those guys.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we, what we found as as we had these conversations is, um, th- those sources of why we need to hide things. Um, while the theme is similar, there're often different sources that that create it you know and there's different pressures in our life that um that have forced us as men and as people to feel like we have to do that in the first place and again, I want to make sure i i I say this to the folks listening it's we all feel like we're in this walk together and that we're trying to work through this and if you're someone that's struggling with that or had these thoughts, it's very, very common. I think all four of us all on the line here today would agree that we we feel that pressure and have experienced that as well you know and so um, it's really important to to dive in when when you get the chance. Um, so hey, we're gonna take a quick commercial break here at the bottom of the hour. I Want to take a quick break? And when we come back, we're gonna dive in a little bit more to how we use this faith as as fathers and as husbands in our in our families. To dive in a little bit further and what that what that means for us from a, from a scripture and from an o- from an openness standpoint. So stay with us. We'll come back in just a few seconds after a quick commercial break. And welcome back again we are here for our radio coffees conversations of friends of faith to courage and equip and as i said at the top of the hour spoiler alert this is not miss kim today is coffee with casey i am casey gomes i'm a member of the Ro- uh, roses and rainbows ministry and founder of parents inspire an online media company that my wife and i launched very very happy to be with you here today and to be trying to attempt the impossible, which is to fill in for the amazing Miss Kim on her radio show today. But don't worry, for those of you that have been listening or anyone just joining us, I am not alone. I am joined by three incredible men, Danny Patton, a man who's calling us in from Detroit, Michigan, a husband and father, and lifelong Christian Hannah Bianchi Dr. Hannah Bianchi is calling in and joining us here today from Maryland, and David Kitzigli Jr. Uh, calling in and joining us from the Boston area today. And we are talking about Not only faith and why faith is important, but why faith is important for us as men and as husbands and fathers. And if you just happen to tune in, what we finished off before the commercial break was talking about how as men, so often we are hesitant to share our deepest fears or our concerns because it's often seen as a sign of weakness. And what we were talking about is actually when we decide as men to trust someone else or to trust another man or another friend, to share those burdens and open them up and to share them with God first, it actually is something that strengthens us. That is not only not a sign of weakness, sharing that is a sign of strength, and that when we've been in groups that have been able to do that, it strengthened the relationship and strengthened our friendship, and it strengthens our relationship with God overall. So I wanted to circle back there with you guys. Um, David, you had mentioned something that I, I thought was really, really cool, that um, and, again, um, David, David's, Hannah L., Danny, and I, for those of you listening, we have relatively young children. David has four children that are basically adults, the youngest. He's in college, correct, David, your youngest?
0: He is, Yes, he he's is. A, he's a he's. sophomore at Boston University.
2: Awesome. So um, you said something that I thought was great that I wanted you to expand further on that I, I'm actually personally interested in as, as my, my family is still growing in that. You said your kids actually – um, through this journey and through your faith actually made your faith stronger through their actions. And is there, is there are there times you can isolate or is there a, a, a story that you think, you know, you can relate to where you really felt like you could see that happening in action with your kids over the years as you saw that growing in them and as you saw them as a father um, experiencing that?
0: Yeah, I think there's um, – and like I said before, it's, it's – the best way to describe it is it's more matter-of-factly them you know what I mean like it just they're they're just in certain instances that pop up where you you know so many times where you know my my oldest son is in junior high and middle school and you know it's a 45 minute drive from where we live to where he goes to school he actually goes to school in in the city of Boston and we're about 45 minutes away and he's in a carpool and you know he's he's late, and he's, he says, I need my blazer today, and I can't find it at the last minute, and I'm yelling at him, like, if you miss this, if I have to drive you in, I'm going to kill you, you know, <laughs> you know what's going on, and you know, what, and, and what do you need the stupid blazer for anyways? And he's like, well, I'm doing a reading at Mass today. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so, you know, just like Father of the Year, you know what I mean? And, and, and you know, there's, we're, we're at my my grandmother's funeral you know fast forward he's a senior in high school and we're at my grandmother's funeral and you know Monsignor Moran says oh you know if, if anyone's a Eucharistic minister you know can you please come up and you know and, and help with, with communion so my son David stands up he's sitting next to me and I'm like and he's the type of kid that would just go do it anyways even though if he wasn't yeah. you know and I'm like David you can't do that and he's like dad I'm a Eucharistic minister and I'm like <laughs> since when and he's like since seventh grade <laughs> you know so so just those just those things um you know in those special moments where they just don't even think about it they just they just do it and and yep. you know it it was always it was always pretty cool to sit back and hey look you know here's the deal is it, it it just even as father your kids are our kids are way smarter than we are <laughs> I mean you know by the time they're by the Amen. time they're 10 they think by the time they're 10, they think they know more than we do. By the time they're 15, they definitely know more than we do. <laughs> and, you know, the challenge is to make sure that they, they you know, we don't think that, that they do. Um, and, you know, we often, uh, look, I'm, I'm the guy that when I was growing up, I had to go to summer school for CCD. You know, I mean, I yep. just, uh, I, I, can't, I can't, you know, I can't reel off scripture probably like you guys can. But, you know, I, I ask my kids, you know, what, okay, what does this mean?
3: you know what does that mean and they
0: you know and they and they have no problem talking about it
2: yeah i love that i've experienced that with my kids as well my my wife Amy, and i joke that i feel like i grew up with a, a lifelong faith and a lifelong commitment to my faith but i feel like they know more than i do it's totally right i mean i i remember helping them um we've done bible readings and studies and and even some of the the things they did in school and um they they forget more than i know about some of that and it's it is eye opening because it makes you say as a parent well geez, if I'm supposed to be teaching this stuff, I better I better get my nose back in the Bible a little bit, or get my my myself back in the words so that I can do this a little bit more effectively. And and I
0: I also think I think we teach them a lot too. Yeah. Um, you know, I I know just just by example, and I think we teach them a lot too by by the mistakes we make.
2: Yeah. You know, and and, yeah, and it makes
0: us it it puts us it puts us on a on a human level with them where they don't think that we think we know everything.
2: Yes. Yeah, well said. Right. They can see that. They learn by what we do much more directly. <laughs> um, Dana Danny and Hanna L, anything to add from you? How are you, how do you find that faith formation and conversations go with your families? Is it is it similar? I know we've we're we're a bit younger, but what what are some of the things that you've seen as you work that into your experience?
1: Um, Casey, this is uh Hanale. I'm gonna uh just go back a little bit and uh, work yeah. in your uh suitcase analogy into being a you know, a husband and a father. Please. And I really like that concept that you, you described, but I was just going to add another dimension to that. I feel like that suitcase weighs like a 1,000 um, pounds, and we're dragging that around. Yep. And this is what I've kind of uh, definitely found out in um, doing men's ministry. You, you, you look on Facebook or you just kind of hear about a friend, and you're like, man, that guy has got a perfect life. Nobody has a perfect life. Everybody's got that 1,000-pound that suitcase that they're carrying around there's so many if you look at the statistics with addictions it's just not the guys um in the streets you know or in, in prisons it's all of us we're all suffering from addictions we're struggling from something you know I look at myself and my how much how many hours i spend on my cell phone and you know and we're we're carrying these um these thousand pound like suitcase and um i've been a part of a program that kind of looks use at uh, the the book of exodus um god freeing the slaves um in Egypt and uses those readings to inspire how you can kind of release those bonds, those, those heavy, um, things that you're carrying around. And you can't be, um, a good husband or a good father until you do that because if you're dragging all this stuff around, um, it doesn't, it doesn't free you up for the, the, you know, the joy and the opportunity and time to, to spend with your family and kids. So just kind of, there's so many men in bondage, um, and I think these groups that have participated in, in particularly this one that uses the book of Exodus has been really effective in freeing this man and then being there present um, with your with your, um, with your your wife and your kids. And I think, um, I, you know, I love having my kids grow up and learn about the faith. And my oldest son, who, in case you know very well, is a huge reader. <laughs>
2: yeah. And, you know, he, he just reads son. a ton.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. And so he's just like. I'm a history professor, but he's always got – I'm like, stop telling me about, like, history because you're annoying me. Because, like, did you know this? Did you know that? Did you know? And it's kind of interesting because, like, you know, sometimes we're like, okay, it's Sunday. We should do some – like, if I didn't have kids, maybe I'd just, you know, be watching football all day or something. It's like, hey, maybe we should um, spend some time on Sunday reading the Bible, talking about prayer. Um, so it kind of forces – I think instructing our kids, it's for them. <laughs> But I'm learning a lot um, as well. And so it's, we're kind of – it's um, something that we're going on as a journey together as a group rather than individually. Um, and, again, they'll um, – you know, just a small shift in the new year as I've, I've restarted this program in January. So, you know, rather than picking up my cell phone in the morning, I've been, you know, picking up the Bible in the morning and reading it. And it's been bring me so much more joy imagine instead of reading the news reading politics reading the bible for the first you know half an hour in the morning and uh the kids will come down for breakfast and they'll see me kind of in the corner with the bible open and that's a lesson you know that's a huge lesson um and they're like wow okay and instead of imagine me um having my cell phone in my nose um what is that telling them uh about you know my priorities so um, I feel like there's um you know, you you have a, a lot of responsibility, um, and it's a back and forth and I think um you can you can use this this process to both grow from it, right? Where the effort that you're putting in to increase your spiritual life and go closer to God. It it carries over to the kids and it can be this relationship where it's back and forth and you're helping each other out.
2: I love that. And a, a shameless um self promotion here. Um Hannah L's son Jonathan is a close friend of my son Bailey. They're they're best friends. They met in elementary school, and um, JB has written a, written a book already, and um, <laughs> he he wrote a, a dedication in it to my son, which was very very nice. It, we all uh, I think simultaneously lost it and started crying at the same time when that happened. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so really cool. They're, they both they have a true friendship, but to to Hannah L's point, it's a um, they love books and reading, and they've they've had that since minute one with one another. It was really cool um
3: to me it's like
2: oh go ahead, yeah,
3: yeah, just to uh, you know what i 'm just like hearing from both of those. this is Danny, by the way, um, is just like to to not forget or give ourselves credit for just like the example you know, like you know david you're sharing about how like your kids surprise you like oh i've been I've been doing this like i i, I this has been important to me for a long time, or, you know, in case you share, like, wow, these kids, they really picked up on a lot. And, like, I know for us, it's like my wife and I are oftentimes saying, like, gosh, are we doing, it? particularly in the during the pandemic, right, where a lot of the stuff that we used to do at our parish, right, that would, you know, give our boys, you know, different exposures to the faith or, you know, other groups, like, they're not there, so we're, are we doing enough? Are we supplementing enough? Should we be reading them more Bible stories? Should we be doing this? Should we be doing that? And it's easy to start convincing ourselves, like, well, we're not going to, like, X, Y, Z action that I'm taking. And so, therefore, I'm, I must not be, I mustn't be, like, you know, dropping the ball for them. And then it's like you have these little moments. Like, we were going through, like, Christmas. And we, we watched Muppet Christmas Carol with our boys for the first time. Wow. And they got to the end of it. And uh, and my, my four-year-old, he turns to me, you know, at the end, and he said, huh? looks like God changed Scrooge's heart, huh, Papa? <laughs> you know, and it's like you have that moment, and you're like, oh, man, like, something is, is sticking, right? Something right. Is, is there. And, like, I, don't, I never taught them that. I never did a comparison of, you know, Christmas Carol and and redemptive theology. You know, it's just like it's there. and 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 I think it's like we, I don't know, at least for me, right? It's like it can be easy to convince yourself that, like, sharing your faith requires a certain vernacular, a, a certain, you know, uh vocabulary, a persona. And like, when you're doing it, you sound a certain way and it sounds very eloquent and, and, and very, you know, like holy, but like, you know, for me, like if we let go of some of that and just like, let it, let it emanate from just who we are, like people around us do pick up on it. And like our kids, especially, cause they see us so much. Um, so, like, I think it's, you know, I want to find more spaces to be more explicit, you know, with my kids. But I just find encouragement, you know, that they are sponges in everything, including, you know, absorbing how we view God.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, I've joked about this before on this show and with Miss Kim. And, and, David, you touched on it. And, and for me, you know, it hit it, hit the nail on the head, which is I am not a Bible scholar, you know. And one of my frustrations has been over the years that certain, t- you know, certain people or certain groups, when they're talking about the Bible or God, I always say it comes with a side dish of self-righteousness. You know, it's like, oh, I've mm-hmm. figured it out, and I'm going to help you. And what, what, I, what I think we're all saying, and I personally, personally believe this so strongly, is that we have not figured it out. We're, we're in the process, through living our life, of trying to figure it out every day, Um, and what I've said many times, and I, I did this when I started, you know, when I re-engaged with the, um, with some of the men's groups here in Miss Kim is, I just opened the Bible and kind of put my finger on a verse and started reading, you know, I, I didn't really, I didn't even know how to do it, you know, and then over, over time, even though I'd been in the Bible before and I'd been to religious formation education and go to church every Sunday, that's different from to your and as you said Hanel, just sitting in the corner with the Bible and reading it you know or or, or, or listening to to what's in there and, and letting, it, letting God's God's words speak to you. Um, and again, for any uh, men and women that are listening now, it's it's never too late to start doing that. and the sooner that we can let go of our need to be perfect and let go of any self-righteousness that comes with it the easier it is because we're just we're just reading you know i'm just i'm just reading the bible and i'm having a conversation with god and it and it doesn't have to be perfect and it doesn't have to be well formed it just has to be wherever we are in that moment you know and um what you all have said that real that really resonates with me is i think kids observe that in a much more pure and basic level i think because they haven't had those filters. That have often been added to their eyes or to their life, their experience. They just kind of see it for what it's worth. Oh, hey, Dad, you know, I'm going to blend Scrooge in the Muppet movie and make it happen. It's like, oh, well, that was crystal clear, you know, <laughs> nice job. <laughs> um, but we we sometimes have that those lenses that are built up over years, and and if we can put those down, it can be really powerful, you know. If we if we break it down to the to its most simple form. So. Um, as we're, as we're rounding here, we've got about 15 minutes left. What I would love to do is have the three of you um, in no particular order um, just share with us um, uh, a story if you can or an experience um, with how your faith um, and how, how, how your faith and how your your um, connection to God has informed you as a dad and as a husband over the years. If you could think of just a story or a moment um, that you think cap you know uh, encapsulates your journey and and what it's been what it's been like for you. Um, uh, I think that would be great for our listeners our listeners to hear. I'm I'm going to share one while you guys think of that, and then I'm going to let each of you chime in for, for a couple minutes. Um, one of the things that I realized over the years is is I continued my formation is that um, I actually was living the suitcase and trying to help people open the the suitcase while i was still carrying it myself and it was one of those instances where i had to um, challenge myself to walk the walk and my wife was the one who helped me do it of course as our wives often do Um, for me what was happening is i was stuck in this cycle of um, working really hard um, trying to run a, a, a a successful business and pay the bills but feeling like i wanted to give more to the world and not and so there were days where um, very specifically, I would just bottle up. Like, I wasn't in a good mood. I wasn't happy. I was fried at the end of the day when I came home. And what I was doing was not talking about it. And, um, and my wife, of course, could see it a mile away. Like, I would walk in the door, and she could just pick up on the vibe and, and know what was happening. And I was actually living the suitcase every day and not even realizing it. And I was locking it up, and I was like, I'm fine. Today was great. It's good. You know, let's, let's move on and one day my wife actually challenged me directly on it she said look if you if you want to hold this to yourself that's fine but you're going to continue to have to fight it yourself it'd be a lot better if you allow us to to hear it and to open up and to practice what you what you talk about and i'll never forget i um one day i told my wife and kids it wasn't like an awful day but it was just a really really stressful day for me at work that I, some things had happened and i was reading my kids um, a story at the end of the day um, at night before bed about an hour and a half later and they both hugged me and said Daddy we love you, we know you've had a really really tough day and we just want you to know that no matter what happens you're our dad and you're the best and we love you and um, I kind of get emotional as I tell the story but it's, it was just a really good example for me personally of how our kids unlock that and they have a way to unlock that element of our hearts and our personality as men and as husbands and it was a great reminder for me of, hey, man, you're still susceptible to this suitcase every single day, and you're still susceptible to hide these things from God and from your family, but your life's going to be a lot better if you don't, you know. Um, so I share that with, with you all today, and, you know, I know you may have your own versions of that as well. So um, Hannah L., Danny, um you, or, or or David, anything to share from your perspective of different examples where you've opened up you're, you're, with your kids and family on that level?
3: Yeah, I can I can share a story. This is Daniel. Um You know, if I if I look back at my relationship with God over over the years, like man, there are some times where God had to be real patient with me. You know, particularly when I was younger. You know, I I uh, think I was always a believer, but you know. Um, at a wayward side and and uh and man he was real patient with me to learn some hard lessons um and to and to grow right and I and I think about that and like how grateful I am that we have a God who is loving and merciful and like you know think of the prodigal son right like just always ready to come back with an open you know with open arms. And so I think about that as being a father, you know, and taking that metaphor of like you know God called himself Abba for a reason, like wanting to instill this relationship of parent and child. And I think one of the things that I I pray for often is like, just give me the grace of just like patience and and like mercy with my kids. Like my kids are young. They push my buttons a lot, you know, just being three and four year olds. Um, And I think that there's an, there maybe an instinct or maybe even a pressure that I get sometimes like, you gotta be real firm with them. You gotta be real strict. And I think that in a lot of ways, like, there's like this embodiment of what like a, a strong dad is, um, you know, and there's the authoritarian and like, you got to show them strength and fortitude. And, and I feel like it's like, man, I don't know. It feels like for me, like my God is a lot more on like the the mercy and forgiveness track than the like punishment and sternness track. Um, and so for me it's just like, Trying to remember that over and over again when they're just either pushing my buttons on something silly or like just flat out refusing to to listen or whatever, just to kind of continually come back to them with just forgiveness and mercy, uh, and you know and 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 trying to embody like they also have a God that's gonna come back to them, forgive them, welcome them in with with warmth, um, give them space to kind of make mistakes, but you know learn and grow. And then do it in a, in a space that there's just there's kindness and there's
2: um, and there's
3: warmth. To me, like having that in the back of my mind has been really important. To say like I don't have to be an authoritarian parent. Um, I can be one that's you know that's much warmer, um, and uh, and that's just you know that's been helpful for me. I think mean, who knows how it'll evolve over time, um, but at least for now it, it's been uh, it's been important.
2: Thank you, Danny. Hannah Eller is, uh, or David, yeah, yeah. go ahead.
1: Um, and again, it's not a, a particular story and both of your stories are great and they're hard to follow, but it's a, just a little bit more of a shift. So it wasn't like a particular moment, but I think a lot of my relationships were transactional um, and it's just not a good way to, to formulate relationships. Um, I did a lot for the family. I worked hard. You know, I, I, I cooked, I cleaned the dishes and, You know, it kind of was like, you know, my wife should be happy with me. (laughs) Or my kids, like, I'm going out to work. I do all this stuff. You should just be like, Dad, you're great, you know. like, But everything was very transactional. Even at work, I'm pretty successful um, in terms of getting things done, right? And people should appreciate that I'm getting things done. Um, And uh, it it was actually a friend, kind of a straight-talking friend. (laughs) You need one of those, right? Right. Um, That kind of chewed me out in my relationship with God. Like, you can't just check the boxes because I felt like I, my whole life was busy You know, was just checking boxes. I love to-do lists. I have tons of to-do lists. And I love checking that box. And so I was like, okay, I did this prior. Check checked that. I went to church and then I checked that. And it, like I felt like, you know, it got called out on that. Um, hmm. and it's just, it's not a transaction. Um, you need a different type of relationship. Um, and my friend called me out kind of in my, um, my religious uh, relationship. Um, but it, you know, you know that praying isn't just saying these words, but like forming a relationship. And and then mm-hmm. that was um your very first meeting of, of the men's group, and this this individual has become a very close friend of mine. And he'll just chew me out in my uh, text messages. You know if I'm if I'm not uh, you know if I'm messing up and uh, and uh, and you know and I he, he once you transform that relationship with God, it's also going to transform with your wife and your kids. And you know sometimes it's less important to to, like get the house all clean than like spending time and playing a game with your, with your kids um, and just, you know, being with them and and not worrying about getting everything done. Um, And so that's really like, especially with the little kids, you feel like you're constantly like trying to get things done and get things here and there. And sometimes you just need to like throw out the schedule, sit down, and be with them and play a game and play a little Paw Patrol with them for like an hour.
0: <laughs> and,
1: uh, and they'll love that. And they'll love that. And so that's when you get, you know, the, uh, the hugs and, and, and the love and the affection. Um, and so that's kind of where, where where I've seen the transition in the last two years and, and, and just, you know, and then the COVID's actually been a blessing in that respect that, it's really strengthened our bond as a family and spending just those hours playing with the kids that I would have never gotten a chance to if I was constantly at work.
2: Mm -hmm. I love it. We have a few minutes left, David, but I want to give you a chance to chime in as well.
1: Yeah, um, and just a
0: couple things like Are are you... Do you do what I do? Do you actually do something and it's not on your to do list and then write it on your to do list just so you can check <laughs> it off? Just so you can like, check it off. hundred yeah, <laughs> <100%. I do. laughs>
1: yeah, percent. I love yeah. my to do list. My Google sheets <laughs> my Google files. Oh yes. <laughs>
0: well and and you know, as far as COVID, you know, I, I my wife and I you know, count our blessings every day. Uh, We have no idea how we would ever do it. I give you guys such um, kudos for having little kids during this tough time. Um, It it has been a blessing for us because our two youngest kids were home, you know, you know, when, when, when they're 20 something years old, they don't want to be home. And, you know, they were, they were home. So we, we really got to spend a lot of adult time with our kids. Um, I, I think my transition, not a specific story. Um, but you know, one time I'm driving down the down the Cape to play golf with my father, who I, you know, who's a retired police officer, has seen things that I you know I I would never wish on my worst worst enemy, and you know he he's not college educated. He's you know he was he was a police officer his whole life, and he was saying saying to me how, you know, I was so much smarter than he was because I went to college, but he had this street sense and you know had this deep faith in God and. You know and i and I remember saying to him, like, Dad, college taught me how to be an accountant, not not um you know not how to be a man, you know what i mean and and I've learned things from you, both good and bad, quite frankly, you know, I like to bust them too um on on you know on how to be the person that I am, and I think that since that time, I was never really afraid to be, you know, just to be yourself in in front of your children and, and, and your wife and that you don't need to be the only teacher in their life because you're not going to be. And, you know, you can, you know, just the way you act and, and you know, the way you go about yourself and, you know, if you want to talk freely about faith in front of them, you do that. I mean, we you know, we, ever since the whole family started going to Nazareth farm, we've been listening to like Christian music, you know? And, you know, every now and then my youngest son will be like, dad, what's your, we call Jesus jams. Dad, what's your favorite Jesus jam? You know, (laughs) we have conversations about, well, it depends. If it's something like, you know, if I think of something sad, then it's, you know, Lord, I need you. If it's, you know, I'm just thinking about love then it's love never fails, you know, but those are, those are probably two of my favorite. And, you know, we have those conversations and, um, you know, and I think it's it's it, I I can tell you this. I know it's hectic hectic with the little kids, and it's a great time. It only gets better as they get older. And having adult conversations with them are are, are you know even the whole family with my wife and, and kids. And my wife and I talk all the time about the conversations we have with our kids. Um, and it's really it's really neat. They become your best friends.
2: Yeah, I love it. Well, hey. Um, Danny, Hannah, L and David, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate you coming in and sharing your insight with us. Um, and well continuing to share your insight with me. I've known you for a while, but thanks for sharing your insight and your your experience with those of us that have been on the line and those folks that could join us today on the radio. Just as a reminder again, today was coffee with Casey. I tried to do what I what I could to fill in for the amazing Miss Kim today. Thank you for joining us. And just wanna as we as we get ready to close the show, just for anyone listening out, out there, start at, you know, end the show where we started with, you know, now is a time, I think more than ever, and hopefully our guests illustrated that today, where we need faith. And we have incredible demands on our time. We have incredible demands on our family's time and lots of different invasions that come in in any number of ways. Um, but this time in, in, in our lives and this time in the world is a place where I feel like we can start that walk with God at any time, and it's, it's always necessary and helpful now more than ever. And if there's anything I hope we can leave you with today, and hopefully the, the four of us men left you with today, if you're listening, is that it doesn't have to be perfect. None of us are. Um, it doesn't have to be met with um, feeling like you, you have to become some Bible scholar or be able to, to walk with perfection. It's about being who you are in the moment and who we all are in the moment, good, bad, right, wrong, and different, and starting that journey. Um, we've all had, I think the four of us would have, would agree, an incredible experience both as husbands and as fathers over the years and have not only had the chance to step forward and take the lead um, as dads and as husbands and as professionals but also learning and taking um, you know having to follow our children or our wives and the lessons that they teach us so there's never there's never been a better time to step forward um, there's never been a better opportunity for all of us to to dive in and to have those conversations and if you're feeling like you're someone particularly as a man where you don't want to offer that up or there is, a, there is a hesitancy to share those burdens and those stressors. You are not alone. We all have felt that today and in any different part of our lives, and it's an important thing to share and offer out um, as we grow and learn. Um, very, very happy to have the opportunity to, to chat with you all today and to, to be on the show, and I hope that no matter where you are um, in your life or in the world that if you want to connect with us at any time, we're more than happy to do that at Roses and Rainbows Ministry or throughout many of the, the different groups that we have here. Um, again, my name is Casey Gomes. Very happy to join you today and very happy to take some time over um, this morning to, to share in that faith. Hopefully you all got something out of it and we can continue to grow together. Until next time, thanks so much. Have a wonderful day.
3: To learn more about Kim's books, teaching materials,
2: or to invite Kim to speak at your event, please visit kimcrabel.com. for joining us today and remember to learn more please visit kimcrable.com